0: that if the international agency were to reconvene a working group to reevaluate evaluate radiofrequency radiation, they would be bound to conclude with the human evidence we've got, the animal evidence that Dr. Melnick has talking about, and the mechanistic evidence that Dr. Haru will tell us shortly, that this exposure is a human carcinogen. And governments could not ignore that something we learned to do many years ago for ionizing radiation, X-rays. You no longer see the, the, the X-ray machines. Where you can look down and see your feet in a shoe, in a shoe store. Because we learned that was wrong, and X-rays in pregnancy are cut down to avoid leukemia in children. All this evidence came when we acted. We've now got the evidence for radio frequency radiation, and we must act.
1: In this episode, Dr. Anthony Miller speaks on the body of evidence linking cell phone and wireless radiation to cancer at the Wireless Technology Forum in Michigan in 2018. Dr. Anthony Miller is a physician and an epidemiologist. He is currently Professor Emeritus at the Dalhousie School of Public Health at the University of Toronto. He has served as Director of the Epidemiology Unit of the National Cancer Institute of Canada, the Chair of the Department of Preventative Medicine and Biostatistics at the University of Toronto, Senior Epidemiologist at the International Agency for Research on Cancer, and Head of the Division of Cancer Epidemiology at the German Cancer Research Center from 2000 to 2003. Dr. Miller is also a consultant to the Division of Cancer Prevention for the U.S. National Cancer Institute and for the World Health Organization. He has published hundreds of studies on environmental health. In this conference, Dr. Miller lays out the evidence which connects wireless radiation from cell phones, cell towers, and Wi-Fi routers to cancer. This is the Environmental Health Trust podcast. EHT is a scientific nonprofit committed to creating a healthy and safe environment. EHT scientists publish research, translate the science, and work to raise awareness about environmental toxins, health, and telecom industry influence. Our vision is a world where technology is both revolutionary and safe. Be sure to sign up to our newsletter at ehtrust.org to receive the latest science regarding wireless technology and health. You
0: just heard from Ron Melnick, a great deal of the evidence which now exists in terms of animal studies. What I intend to do is to supplement what he has said with some more details over the human studies. As Ron said, you cannot do an experiment on humans. What we essentially do is to observe what has happened and work out, as far as we are able, the causes of this. And we do this by asking people questions by collecting data on terms of the extent to which people use cell phones and so on. As Ron has just pointed out to you, the International Agency for Research on Cancer had a working group review in 2011, and what they did was to look, as they always do, at cancer in humans, cancer in animals, as well as, increasingly, the mechanisms for the action, which subsequent speakers, including my colleague, Dr. Paul Haru, will be commenting upon later. They concluded that there is limited evidence in humans for the carcinogenicity of radiofrequency radiation, and this was because there had been noted several positive associations observed between exposure to radio frequency radiation from wireless phones and glioma and acoustic neuroma. Glioma is the most malignant form of brain cancer and acoustic neuroma is the cancer which occurs around the hearing nerve, the vestibular nerve. And the alternative term for that is vestibular schwannoma. We heard about schwannomas in experimental animals. We also get schwannomas in humans from this exposure. The ARC at that time concluded that there was limited evidence in experimental animals. But now we've got very strong evidence as we heard. And they concluded that radio frequency electromagnetic fields are possibly carcinogenic to humans. (coughs) They're group 2B. We now, I'm going to try and answer the question, why do we now believe that radio frequency radiation in fact causes brain cancer in humans? Not that there is limited evidence, but there is sufficient evidence. And this is largely based on three important sets of case control, i.e. human studies, of mobile phone use and brain cancer. A case control study, you identify cases of the disease you're concerned about. The controls are people living in the same community but who have not developed the disease and you compare their exposure. And there were three important studies of this type. An international study which was called Interphone and they reported a twofold fold increased risk of glioma after 10 or more years use of mobile phones. In Sweden, one of the first countries to introduce this technology, so they've had people exposed for much longer than in other countries, including the US and Canada. There have been several studies showing a two to five-fold increased risk of glioma after prolonged use, especially when exposure began early in life, the age of 10 or even earlier. And then more recently, there has been a study in France which goes by the name Serenat. This is a very important study, France. Uh, has a whole series of epidemiologists. It doesn't often come up with these studies, but this was a very good study. And they found a five-fold increased risk of glioma after five or more years of use. All these studies showed that the lower the exposure, the less the risk. Interestingly, there is... Evidence that radiofrequency radiation is probably an avoidable cause of breast cancer. And this has been based on some unusual case reports, which had also been supported, which I'm not going to go into this afternoon exposure modeling and toxicology. This was the first case reported by Robert Nagumi in 2009. It was invasive multiple primary tumors in a 34 year old. This is the bright spots you see on that mammogram. This woman was an avid runner, a Chinese American woman who had kept a cell phone four hours a day in her bra for 10 years. And then West from California Reported four cases. This is just one of them. A 21 year old, very young for breast cancer. This unusual cancer, yeah, I don't know if you can see the mammogram clearly, but on the outside of the right breast, you see all those spots of cancer, multifocal as we call it, in fact mirroring the antennae of the cell phone, which this woman kept in her bra. in israel they have been they have pointed out that there have been a number of cases of tumors of the salivary gland they have tripled in israel in fact one in in five under age 20 of these cases and you can see that the where the salivary glands are the parotid gland sublingual gland and submandibular gland and this is where the cell phone is normally held close to those glands. And this is a graph showing the increase in parotid gland tumors that have occurred in Israel over the last 30 years. It's interesting that this should be in Israel. Israel has, done, there have been a number of studies done in Israel of radiofrequency radiation. Uh, some of it related to uh, uh, soldiers who were exposed to radar with multiple cancers particularly uh, particularly a demonstra- increased in risk. One of the things that people often say to me is that it's all very well for you to say this, but there hasn't been reports of increases in these cancers in the various countries where the studies have been done. Well, this is wrong. Phillips and his colleagues have this year reported this increase in the most severe form of glioma, glioma 4, glioma blastoma multiforme, the red line going up with time in the United Kingdom. And these tumors are the ones where you would expect the maximum exposure from cell phone use in the temporal lobe and the frontal lobe of the brain. And that's very important. Other brain regions don't show the increase but where you would ex- would get the maximum exposure then the increases occurred and also there have been other-